0: Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
1: A lot can happen between falling in love with a house online and owning it. Between imagining living there and breathing in your new home for the first time. Having an advocate who can help you navigate the complex world of financing, inspections, negotiating, analyzing the market, and talking through any anxieties that may pop up, that can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors and bound by a code of ethics because that's who we are
0: thursday night edition of the pod one of our favorite episodes of the year top 10 prospects for 2017 23 and under we're sponsored today by our friends at quip toothbrush go to getquip.com slash cap space get your first refill pack for free let's start here just by a little bit of criteria and i'll prevaricate beforehand by saying that we were originally supposed to record this about noon today because we knew there was a warriors game today that we we're both going to at home and Danny. To write, so it's like, oh, you know, should be about two hours. We can like get our list ready. And about noon, Danny, I called you and I was just like, hey, you know what? Like, I can't do it. Like, I'm still agonizing. Like, I need more time. Like, so can you please just like stay up late after the Warriors game and we'll just record that?
1: And I understood because I went through that process on, I think it was Wednesday when I was, I started my list on Monday, then took a break for two days while I was thinking about it and then wasn't comfortable at that point and then redid it again i think i've redone it twice since then and that is largely to the credit of these players like that i think that's one of the takeaways of this exercise is that there are a lot of really good players you're choosing between high high high-end talents and you're also choosing between players in a lot of circumstances that are very very different and so there is so i would say and we'll get into this a little bit more like there's there's a top group that there's a little bit less there's argument more about the order than than the separate than identity within that and then after that. You have a lot of eye of the beholder things, what what you value in a player that is, you know, probably not going to be a superstar, but chance of superstar is an important component that. And so I'm interested to see where you went up, turned out, because we did these completely independently, as we always do. And I struggled with it, and I think it helped clarify certain things about how I feel about the league.
0: Yeah, and there's a lot of criteria here. So before you complain, please remember all of these criteria that we're about to to discuss so the point of this is we're taking which players 23 and under as of february 1st 2018 that's the basketball reference cutoff for determining a player's season age uh the reason we choose 23 is that's the year after most players would be a senior in high school or in in college usually you graduate when you're 22 and 23 to me is the last year that you can credibly kind of say oh wow he's doing all this and he's only 23 or he's only 19 or Like, once you say he's only 24, it's kind of like, eh, you know, you're pretty close to being what you're going to be, at least for the average player. Obviously, we've seen some guys blossom later but just uh, on average you're kind of getting pretty close to i mean you'll make incremental improvements but it's rare that we'll see just like a total change in the character of what someone is beyond age 23
1: yeah the the way the way i would put it is it's kind of like if a quarterback is throwing a pass like you can see you can see the arc of it you have a pretty good idea of where it's going there are still things that can like that can blow it off that path but you have an idea of where it's going
0: that's one of the best analogies you've ever done on this show uh so here's some of the criteria that we're looking at number one is age right if you are the more you are doing something at a younger age the more impressive it is you know if you are a solid starter at age 20 you know that means much more than being a solid starter at, at 23 now the counter to that is certainty right if you are you've already navigated at age 22 23 and you've become a star maybe not a superstar but a star that gets you a lot of points too because you've already reached that you're not, you've made it through another two or three years without injury you've made it through another two or three years without just failing to develop you know when we're projecting these guys out 19 20 years old and there are a lot of guys who are new on this list this year with this great 17 draft class when you're projecting out you know that's a projection If you've successfully, you know, a lot of these guys who were at 19 or 20 were hoping that they will get to by the point of 22 or 23 where other people already are. And now some of those guys have higher upside, and that's something you know. It's not a science here. You can, of course, debate what they'll be. And then another thing that really I think even, has become even more important to me since I started this list. This is, I believe, the fourth edition now of this list, and we can actually go back and maybe track some of the guys over the course of that list as well. But uh, is what position they play, Danny?
1: Yeah, I mean, you have a bunch of different components of that that are important. I mean, but scarcity is a big is a big element of this. I mean, we've dealt with this doing the positional ranking so. far and we'll of course have three more positions to do but the idea that there aren't many wings especially small forward sized wings in the league is something of value but the other part that i would relate to that and i think you've tied this in a little bit with efficient shot creation is role because to me there are certain roles that are more valuable and harder to fill than others and so that was something that i started battling with later on the list is how do you how do you balance positional scarcity like a wing versus somebody who can create a shot for themselves and others and it gets hard and it gets sticky and that's part of the fun of this
0: yeah and I think uh, one of the biggest lessons that I've had in the last couple of years is a superstar wing is the most valuable player that you can have in the NBA the versatility that they provide defensively you they still have size to impact the game on both ends but you can also get put the ball in their hands as well pretty easily um, and you also just get more value over replacement position if you have a, a superstar wing it's so much easier to build around someone like that whereas you know, certainly a center. There are a lot of good centers these days. um But and then the other thing you look at too is like, okay, you know, let's say you got a Demarcus Cousins or a Jokic or a Towns, right? Those are guys who, who we talk about a lot. Really good offensive centers. You know, so those guys maybe can get you to forty wins because they can really help drive an efficient offense. But if they can't defend, you're only, you've got only so much of a ceiling as a team. So especially if you are a, a big and you have that weakness and you're. Probably gonna to have to get downgraded there and then the last thing which you alluded to is for me the most important uh thing that you can have as a prospect as a player is efficient shot creation for yourself and others you know offense is more important than defense on an individual player basis because the difference between the best and worst offensive players is much greater than the difference between the best and worst defensive players and so efficient shot creation for yourself and others that is the number one skill that i look for for, although certainly versatility lack of weaknesses like those are things that that come into play as well or at least projectable lack of weaknesses because there are few players at this age who don't have any weaknesses
1: on a related note to that the other benefit of efficient shot creation for particularly for guys to do with the ball in their hands is that it it helps eliminate some of the variability like you could talk about how with if we, we've talked about those carl anthony towns that towns as a center and because of the way that they use the offense he is more dependent on the system and based on guy's getting him the ball and all those sorts of things. But if you have the ball in your hands all the time, those elements still matter. You know, your weaknesses and strengths still matter, but you have more control over your destiny. And that's something that I value. I've valued more since we started doing this podcast. And, you know, we're just broadly speaking and because for the best players, you know, for bad players, it doesn't help, but for the best players, it really does provide value
0: all right we'll get into the actual list but first this from quip a a fantastic gift for three reasons this is a gift that people are actually going to use every day it doesn't get thrown in a drawer you don't have to go to the store to get it quip can shift directly to your door or theirs and it's that perfect price point $25 is what they start at uh for those secret santas you struggle with uh, every year and if you haven't used an electric toothbrush yet if you haven't used the quip It's just a superior implement to a regular toothbrush. Number one, the vibrating bristles just get your teeth cleaner. They stimulate your gums uh, more. You're going to realize after the first time you brush with one of these that, oh man, like I just like my teeth weren't getting clean before and and my gums weren't getting clean. I was getting plaque stuck uh, uh, on the gum line and number two it actually ensures that you brush for the right amount of time because it has a timer on it and it turns off when you're done after two minutes i mean and you're not having to like scrub super hard with that toothbrush that's probably like kind of worn out anyway and like it, nobody actually does that for two minutes with quip you can actually like have the discipline to do that because it has this timer on it and then quip is better than regular electric toothbrushes as well because it's like half the diameter of these things that have these enormous battery packs and still like their charge only lasts me like two weeks then you have to recharge them quip it's basically the size of a normal toothbrush it's just got a little AAA battery in it but that lasts actually for three months and then when you sign up for their subscription service they send you a new brush head every three months and they send you a new AAA battery even you know which so it's really plug and play really easy you can take it with you on the road as well i do that i have one just in my dopp kit it doesn't take any up any more space a normal toothbrush comes with this really nice case as well that can be a stand and then you flip it over put it on top of the toothbrush and it covers it up so this is really a, a great gift idea for when you consider the, the price point and that it's just a superior implement as well. So get started with them. Getquip.com slash Capspace is the URL. Easy to remember, we talk about Capspace all the time on the program. That'll get you your first refill pack free. Getquip, dot pcom slash Capspace. That lets them know that you came from us. Okay, so we'll explain our system as we so often do here. These players are, are in tiers. And so if you're like, how the hell can you rank this guy above this guy well if they're in the same tier know that it was extremely close you know if you want to get bent out of shape because one guy was in a lower tier than another okay like that i understand but if it's so close that we're basically splitting hairs like please don't go crazy on that uh and uh we're also going to talk about at least for the guys in the top 10 who were on this list last year give an idea of like how we think they have developed give them a rating one through ten of how well they have developed uh, over the last year compared to maybe uh, what we thought uh the expectations would be and then we also want to talk about who we think we we're most likely to be wrong about on this uh, list you know who might drop out next year who is lower that we think it could pop up uh, a lot uh all right let's get started danny who's your number one
1: so my number one is oh, wait, single... actually
0: you know what you know what i'm sorry we have to say who graduated from the
1: list yeah from last that's a good pl- that's a good place to yeah. start and also it's a frame of reference so i don't actually i don't have my detailed list i have my framework from last year so we're going to use yours as the basis but okay. the guys that graduated anthony davis was number one last year and graduated means you're just too old that's that's yeah. the only way you graduate Davis. Yeah, was we'll number talk one. about
0: who like dropped out sure. of it just because they haven't been as good yeah
1: yeah so anthony davis was number one he graduated drummond was number nine and then bradley beal and was Stephen adams honorable mention or was he player to watch
0: he he was honorable mention and then the last two guys were put and
1: to then watch. kcp was, K- contavious Call well pope was a player to watch otto porter was a player to watch and yeah i mean you could have a very interesting conversation with some of those guys if they were still eligible for the list but they aren't so they aren't
0: well and the biggest thing that struck me here is you know a lot of these guys were 2012 draft which wasn't that amazing 2013 draft which wasn't that amazing um 14 has had like a a lot of guys injured Uh, um 16 wasn't the greatest draft, but 15 and, and 17, especially 17 this year. I mean, this is, I think, it, every year it seems like it gets more difficult uh, than it oh, did it, previously.
1: There's one other point I want to make, and it's that we, should we have it available to us, we are using more than just their NBA career. So for a lot of these players, you and I have been familiar with them from college, maybe from things like the Hoop Summit and Adidas Nations. That all counts. Yeah. We, 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 whatever we can use to get a sense of this player and the trajectory of their career and then the other quick thing i'll mention is the idea that i like to use is that like the the outcomes like a positive outcome a most likely outcome in the middle there because you wanted to be like well if it really works this is what they could be if it if you know it's as expected and then that because there's value to that too because if a guy has superstar potential that's important if a guy has a, a high floor that has value too
0: all right so now uh your number one overall prospect 23 and under
1: my number one prospect is also the only player in my tier one and i don't label my tears because it's only about if you can see them argue them over and that is Giannis. Giannis has proven himself as not only an all nba player but now as an mvp candidate and that is something that none of these other players can say and when you have proven that like that a lot of other players like that's what you're hoping for you're you're striving to be an mvp candidate and Giannis is already he's doing that right now
0: yeah and also i mean he is a a wing which the guys below him uh, are not Uh, Giannis by the way just turning 23 uh, this month Um, uh, last year he was number three we I I struggled with whether to put him above Towns AD was number one last year Um, Giannis would even be above AD for me right now uh, too Um, I think he's been better than AD this year and he's still younger and also healthier I mean that's another thing you can look at with Giannis he doesn't really get hurt at all so Uh, And it's amazing to say this with Giannis because we thought, oh yeah, he's got this low-hanging fruit as a player. He can get so much better with a jump shot. Like, watch out when that happens. Well, if anything, he's like developed much worse with the jump shot than we would have hoped over the last year but i'm still giving him a nine for his development over the past year because i mean you know he's got like a 31 pr he's playing great defense like he is just pushing the limits of what you can be without a jump shot as a wing player so he is way ahead of towns now as a wing he's way ahead of of uh my number two um and I think you know what would you say Danny for how well he's developed out of the last year like what would you give him a, a rating for that
1: I had it as a nine as well and also Giannis being able to now play more at power forward which is to me his natural defensive position because it allows him to do more as a help defender and I've thought that's a better use of his skills than as a perimeter guy I mean you'd love for him to be that stopper you know the Kawhi Leonard where you can stop the wing and be a linchpin offensively I just don't think that's his his wheelhouse he's a little bit better as a four and you still have to he's getting the best opposing forward on him anyway so that distinction doesn't matter and playing him at the four allows you to do the things like they're doing with having Middleton and Snell out there the spacing has been better and so Giannis kind of he combines a couple of the things that you really like where he can be a rim protector but he can still of course switch out there and then he's a terror in transition so he he's not a perfect player by any means but he does his what he does so well and yet he can and still, I mean, he was the most improved player last year. I don't think he's going to win it this year, but I wouldn't no. be shocked at all if he's in the conversation.
0: All right, let's get to tier two now. Cool. Uh, I had three players uh, in this tier. Um, number two overall prospect for me, Joel Embiid. Uh, he uh, turns 24 actually in March, so barely made the age cutoff uh, for this one. Embiid uh, was actually number five last year. Remember at this time, he really uh, had not, you know, he'd only played 20 games or whatever in his NBA career, but still looked looked awesome. And uh, I gave him an eight for his development uh, over the, the past year um and i think the only reason i wouldn't be higher is because of of just the injury that he suffered i think he's you know the way he improves even on a week-to-week basis is uh really impressive so uh, he was the number two for me the other two in this tier for me were kristaps porzingis uh who is 22 doesn't turn 23 in, until august and then carl towns uh who went down from number two to number four last year i had porzingis four last year he's up now uh, to three um so uh, any reaction to that how does that uh square or differ with what you had danny
1: if we were not considering injuries and the and the risk of recurrence and everything like that i would have him be second as well but i actually have i have him in tier two but i have him fifth because because of that, because the idea being that if there is a ten or twenty percent chance that he's just done, that is that puts him so far below all these other guys because these other guys are so good that I'm okay. So so we're I'll 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 actually before we get into the whole thing, I'll just walk through my tiers and then we can talk about differences. So yes. I have the so my tier two is Towns. I I want Towns Porzingis. That's a splitting hairs between those two guys. Right, so, Towns, so
0: Towns is two, Porzingis, Porzingis is three. Is
1: then i have simmons four and i have oh. mb5 and part of why i have simmons in this tier is that the positional value and the ball being in his hands the idea that simmons he has not proven yet that he having him on the floor is means that you're going to have a great offense he has not proven that at all yet but he is better defensively than i thought he would be and i think that he i see his part in a successful team very very clearly and so that's a surprise for me i didn't expect that to be how he made it this high on the list and obviously if Embiid you know if we if he had the same medical as any of these other guys he would be second I mean he would even be in the conversation first I had Joel Embiid first team all NBA like I am yeah it's it's not anything about his talent level it's that the downside risk really does matter for me because he you know limitations and remember also even though it might just be them being cautious he's still not playing on back-to-backs there's still you know I mean there was that back-to-back where they pulled him recently against Cleveland and then he didn't Point in the second part because of back tightness so on a permanent basis yes but doing that and i mean let's talk a little bit about porzingis versus towns because well, well,
0: hold, hold on l- sure. l- let me react to you having simmons as high as you do first okay um because the reason i i had him number five overall in a lower tier actually than these other guys um and the reason for that is just that i do not believe that his jump shot is ever going to get to be even remotely passable even maybe you know from like 17 feet you know, I think the odds are very much in favor that that's not going to happen, in my opinion. And if you, if that's the case, you know, he's not, I mean, he's still a physical force. But he's not the level of physical force of Giannis where he can finish around the rim so incredibly well. I mean, he's, he's not really going to dunk. He's good at getting into position for dunks and getting open. But he's not really going to dunk, like, on guys the way Giannis is. He's not going to finish as well around guys. Now, don't get me wrong, I think he's been much better in that area than I thought he would be early on he deserves a ton of credit I think he's gonna be really good but I am and then you also throw in because of the lack of shooting some of the fit issues that he's gonna have as well and so like this isn't I didn't want to trash Ben Simmons I'm surprised that you had him as high as you did because I think he just has that limitation with the shooting if you if I believe that he could get there with the shooting you know then you know I I could see him maybe being you know number two but I think he just as a scorer and and as a, a guy who's going to have weaknesses deep into the playoffs I, that's why i had him a little bit lower and then you know he's also he's also a little bit older than you think jimmy's I mean, he's, he's 21 he's gonna turn 22 in july and the, he's basically
1: yeah. a straight year younger than porzingis like it's not yeah. it's not a bigger gap than that despite yeah. the, i mean and it's also people like this is why you do the difference between rookie class and draft class because he was 2016 draft class so yeah. well my, let, let me
0: and let me finish too on, on sure i thought and beat to... why i have him be above porzingis and towns it's exactly what you said that he is already 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 playing at a first team all-nba level he does not really have any weaknesses i think also that porzingis injury wise i don't have him like that much better off than Embiid. you know i i think like and and that's why i put
1: towns over porzingis
0: yeah yeah and and, and, you know this this weird knee thing that he suffered today i mean we're not trying to focus in on that too much but he just had like a non-contact knee injury and said it felt unstable and, and left like And then Towns, you know, uh, I had him above Embiid last year. I think he's a better offense player than Embiid, but just at the center position, his defense, I mean, after another year now, Where he is really, you know, if anything, not improved, maybe even taking steps backwards on defense to the point where Tom Thibodeau said, "Hey, I got to sign another traditional big who can play defense to play next to this guy." Now that's limiting how good they can be as an offense. Um, that's an issue now. The fact that Towns never gets hurt, at least you know, until Thibodeau is done with them, of course. Uh, but for now, at least, uh. So uh, that's why I, I went with those guys there. So did you want to react to all that?
1: I did. So I understand your criticism with Simmons. I think he can be a star without it. I think that his passing is elite. Like the the fact that sure. he can he can create, I think that he has done a, a really good job attacking space, which I did not expect him to have this early. And that makes him special. I mean, it's it's hard because there isn't a direct parallel with him. You know, like there are times when I want to say, Oh, well, look at how LeBron succeeds. He's not LeBron. He he really isn't. He's not Giannis either. He's something else. And it's it's hard, you know, like it, it's hard when somebody doesn't fit into those lanes. I mean, in certain ways, the closest analog with him might even be magic where he but he i think he's going to be a better defender than magic like i i feel pretty comfortable in that he, yeah. i mean he's not the genius in some ways offensively but i think that and he doesn't play in the era that magic played in which i think was was another factor but I, I see i see it with simmons and yeah it is also hard because you talked about the fit issues and it might be an issue for me also that it's hard for me to separate that because he's already in a situation where those fit issues aren't there but that's i admit that's not fair but i just think i'm sure there's a part of me that's coloring that in because it's like oh look at what he's already doing and it's true that they fit pieces in which 95% of NBA teams do not have whether they're old or young they just don't have a a a guy who could space the floor a little bit as a big who is also the defensive stalwart and then Covington who is just such a, a wonderful analog with that but I believe in that with Simmons and then for Porzingis and Towns one of the one of the fascinating challenges of this is the idea of Porzingis what his kind of ideal role is like with Towns I think we see it in terms of you know he's a he's a straight five he's not a perfect defensive five but with Porzingis like you look at how good he is at protecting the rim and you think like oh my god like if he could do that an extra four or five or ten possessions a game maybe he wouldn't be able to sustain that and I know he doesn't it seems like like every player alive he doesn't want to play the five full time but what you think about what he can do there and the other way that Porzingis has really helped himself we didn't talk about his development score I think I gave him I'm looking I gave him an eight part of what he has proven is just that he can handle a much higher amount of usage he can handle the ball being in his hands more with you know with with without a guy like Melo on there who can be a real like kind of fallback option and that he has succeeded so reliably on power forwards is fascinating to me because that i still think the quickness advantage is something he can use against fives but the fact that he can succeed offensively at either position gives him a versatility that i think really ratchets up his value for me
0: yeah, and I had Porzingis above Towns because it's just like, and this is actually, I think a, you may see it this way too. But this is a, I wouldn't, no one to say it's a divide between us, but just for my own personal philosophy, I really value the absolute dead bang best player on a championship team upside the most, and that's why I'm a little bit less concerned about the injuries with some of these guys. With uh, I, I'm and I'm more concerned about guys who just have weaknesses that I fear it can never be improved. So in the case of Simmons in the case of Towns with his defense whereas Porzingis you know one of his weaknesses for championship upsides is that he's on the Knicks but uh, you know if he eventually got to a competent team around him like the fact that he can protect the rim the way that he can and score I mean his big weakness right now is passing um and then to a lesser extent just quickness on the perimeter but I think those you know the passing at least is something that he can eventually improve more than I trust Simmons to improve the shooting or Towns to improve the uh Uh, the defense it's
1: it's also not as essential to his success you know like if 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 christopher never becomes a a competent passer he's still really really good if ben simmons doesn't become a good shooter then that that limits his ceiling in a much more direct way it and it's it's remarkable to me how close these guys are right now and i'm going to be so interested to see whether we feel that way at the end of the year and another thing i did not consider this remotely in in this because it wouldn't be fair but i was thinking about the idea that Of where we'll be thinking about these guys at, let's say draft night. And my thought is, of these players, the guy who's most likely to take a jump in my eyes is is Simmons because he can prove it by that point. And that's not, as I said, it didn't factor into my analysis at all. And because Embiid can't, to me, he can't ever fix, like at least in the near term, he can't fix this concern. He can't eventually. I mean, we saw this with Stephen Curry. Like Stephen Curry had those ankle things. Obviously, he is dealing with a sprained ankle right now but that he was able to assuage those concerns but it takes a long time it takes experience it takes you know you need to pile on that evidence and with Porzingis and Towns I don't think they're really going to get the opportunity with Towns I don't think he's good enough to clean his to to, to do his weakness right now like, he's not prepared to do that it's it's a very different thing so it's it's going to be fun to see where these guys move and the other part of that is Joel Embiid is the only one of these those guys that's going to age out of this conversation so we're going to have this talk next year we'll see where these guys go
0: yeah no I I'm really looking forward to that, and so I, I gave Porzingis a, a an eight for his past year development, um and the injuries is maybe the only reason why. And the other thing to remember about him too is like it seems every year we do this, he always kills it the first two months of the year, and he seems to drop off towards the end. I don't know if there's any real rhyme or reason to that pattern or not. Whether that will continue, but you know it, it may be that we're always kind of artificially higher on him at this time of year just this is when we happen to do it but it makes sense to me to do it because at this point because you know we have at least a decent look at what the rookies are and we're not like so close to the draft again that you want to start getting into those guys so that's why i, I kind of like doing it around this time of year and then for talents, i only gave him a four in his development over the past year certainly his offense you know really developed on the end of last year i mean and it should not be lost the fact that he was you know 60 percent true shooting 26 points a game i mean that's like you know that's unbelievable and he hasn't had a chance to show Show as much this year though he has maintained his efficiency so finishing up here i for my tier three i only had two gentlemen in this tier. ben simmons was the first he is age 21 i gave him an eight for his development over the past year uh as well because uh you know i think it, you mentioned the finishing is better um his defense is way better than we thought it would be based on what we put he put on film at lsu although we knew he had some physical capability but as ton shows that's not exactly uh you know a guarantee so he was number eight last year despite the fact that he had not played to that point just because we liked him that much uh, coming out of school and so that's uh considering that he now this foot issue doesn't appear to be a problem and uh you know I, I think he fits pretty well for me at number five and then Nikola Jokic is my number six uh he is 22 uh will turn 23 in February um he actually was only an honorable mention last year uh and that was in part because he was coming off the bench at the time and that was more Just him getting yeah yeah, I mean
1: the Nurkic Jokic thing was still going on at that point all all that all that crap and with Jokic you know it was it it was a challenge with him and it was we saw the potential but he had to prove it and guess what he's proven it now I had him uh, I had him uh, uh,
0: yeah yeah go ahead sorry
1: I had him in a tier by himself but it's basically the same logic it's just that you had Simmons a little lower than I did phenomenal offensive player the best passing big if we're if we're talking like center-sized guy in the league I mean it gets complicated when you're talking about guys like LeBron but just a phenomenal passer great attacking switches in the post and he I'm not going to write off his defense I think that it will take some time with him just to get the to get to get his positioning right and everything like that but I think he can be at, at bare minimum like a league average defensive center and that combination is awesome
0: yeah and really part of the reason too why he's so high now is because you know that Nuggets offensive performance last year where they were the number one offense basically from the moment they moved him into the, the start lineup um and his shooting has been a little bit better as well he's been hunting the three pointer a little bit more he's been out these last six seven games here with with this ankle injury but uh so i i give him a seven for his development over the past year that might even be a little bit too low i am lower on him defensively than a lot of people seem to be you know the advanced stats do not agree with me but especially again when you're talking about being in this stratosphere we haven't seen him in a playoff setting yet we haven't seen teams just go after him time and time again in high pick and roll with shooting around it and i think that he would really be powerless to defend when you really started to lock in picking on him instead of just kind of letting him use his smarts as well so I'm uh and and unlike uh, Towns even Towns at least has the physical skills to maybe get there someday and Jokic just doesn't like he can't jump he's not fast like he's got decent anticipation in hands but you know that can only take you so far
1: yeah ceiling i mean it becomes less relevant the further along you go because it, you, you you know you start to get more into the practical than the theoretical but it is relevant and also to me the idea that towns is just quicker with the ball in his hands is another important element that he has that you can't teach and you can't get better at and while jokic is a way better passer that that added oomph for towns offensively makes him more versatile like they can potentially do more you know especially with the combination of him being a good jump shooter that if he can Attack closeouts entirely differently and all that, and so they're both players that I I love. They're both put play- two of the players that I enjoy watching the most. But I think Jokic is in a different is a different group right now. But there is no shame whatsoever being this high, and especially considering where we were last year on him. I mean, and he's you you alluded to this before, but it's it's fascinating how much of an RPM darling he is so far this year. I think some of that also relates to just Denver having some second unit troubles for a lot of this year. But I mean, we can mention it. I don't. I don't necessarily agree with it but I mean it's there
0: yeah I mean did we screw up by having him that low I mean obviously it looks bad right now but you know it just when a guy's like not even starting I mean it's just it, it's really it, it's difficult and I also was just concerned that like he was you know we didn't know that Nurkic was going to get traded there was no indication they're going to move Jokic into the starting lineup like I thought he was just going to keep getting jacked around and that it was really you know if he'd been playing as much as he would play later in the year I think I probably would have just had him higher I believed in his talent it just was like all right you know if he's going to keep playing 20 minutes a game here for a while like you you'd like to be able to divorce the player from the opportunity but it's hard to do that at some point so I understand why we did it that way and it looks bad that basically the moment this list came out he started starting and the team started dominating uh, offensively but you know uh, and there's definitely guys that he should have been way above uh, last year but that that's why we did it that way it probably well, was a mistake though
1: there's another reason and that's that we were less familiar with him before he came into the nba i mean as a draft prospect he went in the second round yeah. he played in the adriatic league so it wasn't like we had this fallback of oh well he was really good at adidas nations or like for you with carl anthony towns at hoop summit where you saw things yeah. that he didn't well show Jokic did
0: play at the hoop summit and was solid there but he was i mean he just his if you think he's unathletic now you should have seen him back then and obviously the entire nba felt the same way i mean if you yeah. if a guy just has a lower draft pedigree over all. and this is i think we're gonna to come to this with Kyle kuzma as well obviously as well exceeded expectations from where he was drafted but if a guy's a lower draft pedigree you know that does enter in still to having him be a little bit lower than a guy with who's had an equivalent nba performance to this point but was drafted a little bit higher um but all right let's do a quick read here and then we got to get into like the real nitty-gritty that just like this is the section that just completely flummoxed me so uh be interesting to see where we're at uh but more interesting to see is actually all all of these awesome prospects in person, and you can do that via SeatGeek. And if you're a new SeatGeek user, you can get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase via that familiar cap space code. So, why is SeatGeek better? Well, the two most valuable things, other than you know, company and family and love and all that, you know, are time and money. and. SeatGeek saves you time by aggregating ticket sellers. together. So you go to SeatGeek, you get the tickets in front of you. You don't have to go to a bunch of different sites. You can have confidence that you're getting tickets in front of you that are going to give you a great deal. And then the other thing that it's going to save you is money because it tells you which are the best deals. And so now if I'm like, hey, you know what? I want to sit in the lower bowl at this game. I did this for the Bucks Wizards game that I went to last month with my fiance. We wanted, I was like, you know, I promised her we'd get really good. Good tickets to convince her to drive up from Chicago. Well, I looked in the lower bowl, found this awesome deal, fourth row on the sideline, even with the basket for like a hundred bucks. And the way I found it was I just saw the biggest green dot ranked that way by value. I clicked on it and I was like, oh, that's a good deal. I'm going to buy that whole process, you know, two minutes. So that's why SeatGeek is so good. And it's especially good when you can get that $20 off with your first SeatGeek purchase using the cap space code. And that, of course, lets them know that you came from us. That is uh, the SeatGeek app or on your computer as well as SeatGeek.com, cap space code. All right, well, so this is crazy here, Danny. (laughs) my next tier and, and now this goes down all the way into the honorable mentions too. so this is from seven so i've got four guys in the rest of the top 10 but then my next tier goes down including another four people so i've eight people in this tier It shows you the depth and i just was either too cowardly or it was too difficult to differentiate at least in terms of tiers
1: with all of these guys you think that sounds ridiculous oh so here we go i, I like the idea that you have that you, we've had for years with this with the honorable mention which is players that you seriously considered for the top 10 so this is not players who are interesting or anything like that it's how many so there are four remaining spots including those players in the honorable mention i had 12 that's how close this yeah. is there were a lot of and, and there were guys that were right on the border where like i considered them but i didn't seriously consider them so i slid them down so like for example miles turner is in players to watch not in this and that's and and i thought about him for a second there's some we could talk about him there's some reasons why i didn't but that's how close this is and it's players with very different type of profiles i mean you have some real high ceiling guys you have some high floor guys you have some uncertainty positional scarcity and it's brutal it's it it was fun but it was a different kind of fun
0: okay so I'm going to read off the list for my, these uh, in very rough order, especially once I get below the top 10, it's very rough order. So these guys, I'm saying all these guys are pretty equivalent to me. I really struggled to differentiate between them. Uh, Number seven, I had Jason Tatum, a little bit of a different category than these guys because he doesn't even turn 20 until uh, March of this year. Tatum just uh, has been unbelievable shooting the ball this year. Actually, you and I had an interesting conversation with a couple of scouts today about what Tatum is. we can talk about him a little bit more. Uh, as we get in order with these guys and kind of kibitz about them number eight I had Dennis Smith uh, who just turned 20 a, a little bit ago number nine I still had Markel Fultz uh, amazingly enough and it, it'll surprise you uh, again that he's there I'll, I'll explain why that is in a little bit but it kind of fits with my some of the philosophies I've been talking about and then uh, number 10 I had Donovan Mitchell so actually why don't we do it this way Danny why don't you give the rest of your top 10 bearing in mind that there are others who were you know in this team Tier as well
1: so my number seven is dennis smith my number eight is donovan mitchell which is a remarkable a remarkable rise and there are reasons for that that we'll get into nine markel fultz and ten somebody you didn't mention and yet you were higher on him and have been the entire time jalen brown
0: yeah brown is in this tier for me as well and I'll, I'll round out the rest of this tier uh and it's all i mean the brown tatum debate i mean we could spend an entire podcast just yeah, on that. i actually we, have we jason
1: tatum to. listed at 11 because originally he was in my top 10 and i moved him down and so yeah. I, I listed him out of the honorable mentions but he is 11
0: all right so so here's my next four here that i had in this tier and then i'd be interested to see who your remaining guys are uh devin booker uh turns he's still only 21 he just turned 21 uh in october uh he's been much more efficient this year has has taken some big steps uh brown whom you mentioned i still have jamal murray in this as well i and uh you know that's a little bit more of a vanity pick for me although he's quietly has made some big strides this year he's kind of right on track but you know there just have been guys who have come in because he was uh, my number 10 last year uh and then aaron gordon who you know didn't know what to make of with him because this 40 percent shooting on threes like what do we make of that you know could that just be luck um you know because he was not really in these lofty environs last year but if he could continue to do this which you have to consider as a possibility uh then he, he becomes really good so uh are any of those guys not in this tier for you first off Danny
1: they all are and I just okay. have four more and I think okay. these are probably players that you're just a little fringier on than I am yes. but it was I seriously considered them so that's why I put a bit Jabari Parker yes the two ACL injuries but something and I, I just wrote this note down last season Jabari Parker had a higher true shooting percentage. Centers than LaMarcus Aldridge and Paul Milsap on higher usage. That's how good of an offensive player he was. And yes, LaMarcus was worse last year than he is this year. But like, you have to think about the offensive player that he that he can be. And that's something truly special. And the other three, Clint Capella, I just think the the idea of a true, like capable defensive center who can be a, a nice role man, pick and roll. He's in a perfect situation so that I, I'm not counting that. I just think he's a wonderful center. De'Aaron Fox, when I, I just ha- he's in that point guard conversation for me, his weaknesses do concern me, but I just have him in the conversation. And then OG Ananobi, because it's like, if I'm going to consider Tatum, if I'm going to consider Jalen Brown, to me, he's fringier on that because he just has to prove, he has to prove it. And, you know, his shooting, all that kind of stuff. But to me, I couldn't separate him from that group just because I think his ceiling is in that same conversation and, and all that kind of stuff. So again, those are probably towards the top of your players to watch, but I seriously considered them. So they're my honorable mention.
0: Yeah. Yeah those guys are, are in my my players to watch man i mean god it's just so so hard this year um Just because you hit on them. The reason Capella was in my players to watch rather than in the honorable mention is just that, you know, number one, he's 23 already, uh, turns uh, 24 in May. And I get it. You know, he's got a 26 PR this year. Like, that's pretty impressive. I still don't buy him as like a great defensive player. You know, I think the recognition isn't quite there. He's not really strong enough to deal with a lot of guys in the post still. He's a, a solid switch guy, but not an amazing switch guy um he's had trouble with a you know i'm not sure whether it's like asthma or, or, or what it is but he's generally considered to not be able to play that many minutes as well he'll get in foul trouble the free throw shooting is not great but uh, over and above all those things i just don't see him as having enough offensive upside he's just too limited offensively
1: that's fair. I just think it's it's kind of a tough line that you're, that we're all trying to draw between these guys, and so so I considered him. But as you said, you know, it, it, it's a close call. But let's get let's get back kind of towards the top of this list. I mean, so the th- the three guys that we both had in our top ten. It's interesting because we talked about positional scarcity, and all three of those guys are guards of some variety. Markel Fultz and Dennis Smith are straight ones, and Donovan Mitchell is kind of a combo guard. But my rationale behind having all three of those guys as opposed to wings which are more scarce is that they have the ball in their hands more and those guys all have serious potential to create reliable offense for themselves and for others
0: and Mitchell I even actually had him a little bit higher but uh, decided to move him down just because he didn't quite have the pedigree coming out I don't know how much I can buy the three-point shooting yet although that jumper sure looks nice uh and and he's really you know he started off very inefficiently this year but you know he's had a a great last month uh, as well and the reason I went with Tatum at seven this was uh, against certainly my own evaluation Uh, and i struggled with what to make of him at this point because we felt coming out of college that he had some nice ball skills tough shot maker good footwork out of triple threat not a great athlete to blow by guys but it can create separation with that footwork and his moves Uh, but we said hey you know what he's not really a natural shooter like is he going to be able to play a role is he just going to take inefficient long twos all day and now precisely the opposite is the way he played in boston where he, he is hitting threes at a fantastic rate over 50 percent, leading the nba right now although worth noting this is 47 out of 93 so you know if he misses 10 shots you know we're not talking about him like this uh, over the course of the year but he's also 43 percent on long twos which of course is excellent and i heard an interesting thought from one of the scouts we were talking to today uh who said you know i think he's kind of similar to paul george offensively and, and i like that comparison because george for all of his athleticism and can get up for some nice dunks in his youth especially you know not a guy who is an amazing finisher of the room doesn't just blow by you off the dribble necessarily but a great shooter from three tatum and he even have somewhat similar looking jump shots as well so i thought that was an interesting comparison offensively with what paul george is that maybe jason tatum could get to that kind of a level
1: and that's part of why I had him a little bit lower, is because he doesn't have the defensive potential that Paul George does. He can Correct. be more of a system guy, you know. Like I, I think yeah. that they're like I talked about with Ben Simmons, where he's in a, a place that makes so much sense for him that it can be hard to dissociate that from any other team. But I don't. The the my biggest issue with Tatum, and this was true going into the draft, where I thought of him as a more skilled Aaron Gordon, and that's before we saw what Aaron Gordon has been this year. And my issue with that is. What we're seeing with Aaron Gordon which is that his place on a good team is a little bit nebulous he's more of a support guy on both sides he is a good offensive player who can hit open shots I don't think that he's going to create a ton of great looks for himself like with the ball in his hands and then defensively he's a cog in the machine he can be a good cog in a good machine I mean he is right now but That, to me, is an entirely different thing than what Dennis Smith can be, what Markel Fultz can be. Donovan Mitchell is a little bit more complicated. And that is not to say that those players are going to reach that pinnacle. I I do not expect it. If I thought Markel Fultz was going to reach his pinnacle, he'd be a lot higher on this list. But that ceiling, to me, is meaningfully lower in a way that made me uncomfortable. And that's why I moved him out of around where you had him and moved him to the equivalent of 11th
0: yeah and this is one where I've been guilty of this in the past we both were with with Andrew Wiggins I think last year a guy who is only in our players to watch now after ranking number six uh, last year and and don't worry we'll discuss that uh, as well but for Tatum I mean just to be this efficient to be playing this well at 19 on a good team actually contributing uh, to winning the fact that he did show that isolation ability uh, at the lower levels and and in summer league you know I, I just I had to give some credit to the Way he's playing right now. He also doesn't have the injury history of Smith or faults Um, you know, and, and then Mitchell is older th- than this group as a rookie. You know, he's 21. He arguably has played the best out of any of those guys. I mean, it's it very interesting that you know I at least went with seven Jason Tatum, eight Smith, nine Fultz, ten Mitchell, all rookie. You know, and may, maybe that says something about us too. That then, or at least me, that the next four guys are all guys who are established, and maybe we just you know become so enamored of potential with with some of these guys um but yeah, well so so you... so
1: i want to draw a line because these were guys that we got some feedback with the shooting guard at small forward comms but my biggest issue with devin booker and with andrew wiggins at this point in their careers they can do many things those guys are both exceedingly young those guys are both obviously eligible for this list is that what they do well they do not do well enough for that to be a linchpin of a good team Team.
0: yeah the Devin good Booker team aspect is really right what, with like, both those guys
1: if Devin Booker is your best offensive player your offense is not going to be great he can do a good job and I think he can be a smaller cog in a bigger machine which is why I have him in the players to watch and in this tier I just have him lower and also he's pretty bad defensively and so that that is another factor in this yeah. and more than pretty bad so. yeah yeah that's that's
0: certainly fair and so he's one of the worst starting shooting guards defensively in the NBA between his his lack of athleticism, his lack of intensity, and his failure to execute it as a help defender—it's well, it, really just—and
1: he's a not player. very switchable, which is another flaw. Here Correct. is that he—he's yeah. a straight two, whereas some of these other guys. I mean, Donovan yeah, Mitchell I mean, he, is and way and, and more and switchable two, than he is.
0: Yeah, straight two, in the fact that he can't really guard a one either. You know, he's got to guard—he's mm-hmm. got to guard whoever the worst guard is uh, uh, on the other team. Um, but now, for Booker's standpoint, and the reason I had him in this tier still, and we really both did. agonized. Uh, uh, would have put him closer and you know if he plays like this and, and continues to make strides this year you know i would consider moving him up but you know like he's been on a terrible phoenix team he deserves some blame for what how bad they have been you know he's still even in this year the number 23 shooting guard in rpm and you know the on off stats don't like young guys you know that's not, that's obvious but uh booker is making strides he's shooting 38 percent from three he's taking more threes this year he's basically exchanging some of the long twos he was taking four threes he's got a 19 pr which is up from 14 it was actually below average in that particular statistic uh and so i mean it's a very interesting question between he mitchell and jalen braun all those guys were born within a month of each other in i in, in 1996 um i mean it, it is worth noting that at booker only 21 still uh is scoring an efficient 24 points per game right now you know which he had not been efficient before he's up to 57 percent true shooting this year and so whether that sticks whether he can get better defensively i mean that phoenix ecosystem is a miserable one right now but he certainly you know is high, much higher on this list for me than he was last year and mm-hmm. that's even considering that there's a lot more competitions here
1: and another guy that you can think about and i'm sure would be used in certain cir- circles as a positive and a negative comparison for him is demar derozan i mean derozan has been an important part an essential part of some massively successful regular season teams i mean the the toronto raptors are probably going to end up to me as the three seed in the eastern conference DeRozan and last year they were with a fourth or fifth but then Lowry missed all that time due to injury and DeRozan's an essential part of that what is concerning is just that the idea of if you put DeRozan around better players he is still useful but you're not sitting there going like oh man he, he's the reason they're so good and so that you know, it, it, it might be unfair to say well a player who reaches that level but can't be oomph isn't isn't it that same thing but that that's a part of this you know the idea of like where is he on a conference finals team and to me Devin Booker is probably the third best player on on a conference finals team and he could become second with time absolutely he's 21 but he's not there yet and some of these other guys I think they could be that you know like I mean yeah. somebody asked us on the Twitter NBA show like what is De- what is Dennis Smith ceiling and my answer both thinking about it very quickly then and thinking about it a lot longer now is first team all NBA like he could right. be that guy and, and- same thing with
0: Marco Fultz even even with all the uh, and for Booker you know the DeRozan comparison is an interesting one the reason I would say Booker has a little more upside than DeRozan is just because he can shoot and DeRozan can't you can play him off the ball he's not sure he doesn't actively take away from the offensive
1: he's also not nearly as good an athlete or have the size that DeRozan does
0: yeah and and he's never going to get to the foul line the way DeRozan does either most likely but let's go back to to Smith and Fultz because you know you had Smith at seven you still had Fultz in your top ten and for faults i've been lower on him with this weirdo shooting thing that's been going on i am probably as pessimistic about that as anyone and so you know i think there's a reasonable chance that he just you know he has the yips and it's going to be a significant issue for him throughout the rest of his career i said it up to a 50 percent chance that this could be some kind of an issue at least for him throughout the rest of his career but still i mean he was the number one overall pick to me coming i mean he looked fine in summer league before he went down with that ankle injury uh you know i mean if the shot gets fixed like he's right back to being that player again and i thought he totally deserved in this stacked draft class to be number one but you know the injuries are concerning the knee issue he always seems to have like something that's nagging and smith as well with the injuries you know that's a reason maybe i had him those guys a little bit lower than tatum is just because you know smith is now he had the acl he kind of just you know takes these really scary falls he's just so athletic that like you know i mean we most guys like that seem to end up getting hurt you know Russell. So Westbrook is probably the only one where his only major injury was like a contact knee injury with Patrick beverly you know, not like a jumping injury. Um, and so those guys' health and obviously this shoulder slash psychological shot thing, whatever it is. Well, with
1: well and also the fact that both of those guys have been apathetic defenders, both in college and in the yeah. pros, is certainly a concern. Like those, they're yeah. they are not. I, I liked Fultz's a little bit more Fultz's effort in in summer league, though. I will sure. say that, but yeah, yeah. I, I will say that too. But but. What what those guys have, I mean, one th- of the most basic elements in the NBA that separates bad players from good players and good players from great players and great players from elite players is the ability to create separation. Dennis Smith can create separation on damn near anybody, and Markel Fultz might even be better at it than he is. And so what you have in those two players is that that ability, and then what they also both have is the ability to turn that into something positive. They are both capable drivers. They are both Underrated, I would say, at this point in their careers, passers. And so what I love about them is that it's different than Kyrie at the same age. Like, I've made the Fultz-Kyrie comparison now for about two years. And the reason for it is that they both have really nice and interesting handles. But what Fultz has that Kyrie didn't at that same age is... He sees where his teammates are and he can make those passes. He did it at UW. He did it in Summer League. And Dennis Smith has a nice passing ability too. And when they're driving, they don't get tunnel vision. They they can do it in that form. So when they're going full speed, they can find teammates. And the players who can do that often become stars.
0: Yeah, uh, of course. I mean, Kyrie also had one of like the three best rookie point guards that probably right. with, with with Magic and Chris Paul. Right. I mean, I'm, comparing, was, I'm
1: comparing. I'm yeah. comparing him. This is more like Duke Kyrie to okay. U Dub Fultz and NC State Dennis Smith.
0: Donovan Mitchell. The reason he he was ten for me, I think, is is the defense. That's really where where it came in. And also, I think he is very high floor at, at this point. At the very least, I think can be a very quality uh shooting guard. And then you know, I think the ability to, to maybe play some point guard as as well as something that we didn't necessarily see from him but you had brown at 10 i'm interested to know why you uh you were higher on him and higher on him than tatum
1: i value a guy who could potentially be a a lockdown or close to a defender on twos and threes more than threes and fours and i don't think tatum is that guy anyway i i think tatum is more of a support defender than a lead defender and brown is not definitely going to be there but i think he has higher potential there i also think brown is better with the ball in his hands and so to me the idea idea that he could become more than a dependent talent like i think jason tatum could become an elite dependent talent but i just value the idea of potential primary guys more that's you know there's a reason why my seven eight nine are all guys who i think can be yeah. can be primary is because you can't take that away from them in the same way and so with 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 brown it's kind of like you have that you have that ceiling play with him he's to me a better a better athlete and he so yeah. he has that he has that element too and yeah his jump shot hasn't been as good as tatum so far, but I'm not completely sold, obviously, that this, that this is Jason Tatum. And with Jalen Brown, you you I, he's better with the, you know, he could create and transition in a different type of way. And that also makes him more transferable. Jason Tatum is amazing in the system that they have, but transportability matters here. And, and I think you could throw Jay, Jason Tatum on fewer teams and have him be this guy than Jalen Brown. And we've also seen it, you know, a different kind of sample. But I thought there were elements of his playoff run that were heartening, that were were nice and so that's what it is for me and and with Jalen it's hard because there you, you and I talked about this not in the necessarily the context of this before during the Warriors game because we deliberately weren't sharing much about how our boards looked but the idea that there isn't really a two-way wing in these kind of burgeoning and a lot of that is because guys have to get a whole lot stronger and that okay. often happens at 24 and 25 and so you just you see the inklings and incidentally the guy who I think is the closest to that is Donovan Mitchell but he's not a two-way wing he's a two-way two and so i think brown has the most potential to do that and again it's the idea of a lane like jason tatum being a better aaron gordon is i think that's a very realistic thing i mean i thought of that as a positive for Jay for jason tatum when at the early part of the process like we had all those guys at the hoop summit and we could talk to anybody i chose to talk to him like i wanted to see how his brain worked sharp kid knows what he's doing and like that was at seven 17 18 but i think that there's a ceiling on that and that ceiling is high but it's not as high
0: yeah i would agree with you i think braun maybe as the higher ceiling the two things that are worrying to me right now for him is the passing and then i just don't buy that the jump shooting is you know what it's been especially because he's only shooting 60 percent free throw line his jumper looks way better a faster release all that um so that's why i had him a little bit lower but you know i i and also the tatum's a year and a half younger as well but i sure. you know of of all of these the more i think about it Tatum and Mitchell are the ones that like I kind of more adhered to the conventional wisdom uh, on maybe more than just my own personal evaluation I mean if it was just if you wanted to say who are the guys that I liked here you know you'd probably throw Jamal Murray and Jalen Braun in instead of Tatum and Mitchell but you know I, I was trying to you know try to not do as many vanity picks necessarily
1: um see so I'm but, all vanity but, you
0: know, yeah yeah <laughs> but, but because, but, because you know, it's because again it's... these are all the same tier guys so
1: yeah they are and so like I, I think that Jamal Murray an interesting one here my worry with him is just how reliable he can be creating with the ball in his hands and defensively he's better than he was but he's still not like good yeah so that's so you my have...
0: biggest worry about him is that he just is never he's gonna be so exploitable especially like in an iso situation uh defensively
1: yeah so that's a concern and then so i'll mention quickly the reason og is on here is because i was thinking og versus jalen brown i'm like that's i, I have jalen above him but i didn't think it was as clear a case yeah and then well, well
0: og let me let me write to him because you know he's only twenty, uh but for him, I mean, the three-point shooting, shooting forty percent, but so much of that is from the corners. Mm-hmm. Not a reliable college three-point shooter before this. There's also you know the torn ACL could be a health thing, but most importantly, like he just he doesn't have any kind of ball skills. It's just straight right-hand yep. drive. Maybe he'll spin back to his left. I mean, he, he's just in a completely. I mean, I think he may have more defensive potential than Brown because he can. I think he could guard one through four even, and he's got just an incredible wingspan and strength. Uh, but it, so I think just like like the chances that he evolves beyond just a pure 3 and D guy and I'm not even certain that he's going to get to the three part of that uh that's why I he was just not I didn't really even seriously consider him for honorable mention frankly I thought he'd just uh, offensively is, is just a what he's done so far it seems fluky and b you know I don't think the upside is there just with his feel and ball skills so
1: here's a, here's an interesting question for you if you had the potential for an, a, an all defensive team so let's say the fourth best defensive of three and a guy who could hit open threes but that's really all he could do versus the 80 to 90 percent outcome for jason tatum on the average team which one of those two things would you rather have
0: i, I think probably tatum especially okay. because tatum, i think could still be a quality defender and, and also i mean i think like oh uh, gee uh, like if if i if he shoots 40 percent on threes all year and he starts hitting above the break too yeah okay i'll, I'll feel a little bit differently i'm just i'm not buying the shooting yet you know based
1: well on but like, so so know, basically my point here is that is. the defensive ceiling at the three is just such a valuable proposition like we we have to he has to prove it against these guys and he's going to get that chance I mean assuming he has the starting spot if he gets to play in a playoff series against some of these guys we'll learn a lot more about what his defensive ceiling is but I'm just so enamored with that and again it's the same tier but that's why I had him here is because if he can do that that that, that, you know that's a game breaker in, in this and that's something even if you can't get the offensive part of it like the guys who can take away or mitigate the best players like that that's something special and so uh, i I try to think about who else we need to spend some serious time on let
0: let me talk about murray too just quickly like because you know it's early in the year he was disappointing was not hitting the three ball now he's actually up to 33 percent on threes had some pretty big games his finishing at the rim has been a revelation i still am a believer in his passing he's you know he's not asked to do as much passing now he he operates more from the wing off the ball you know where but i i I am a more of a believer in his passing than a lot of people uh, in terms of like his ability to find people out of pick and roll I think he can be you know a lead ball handling guard in time so I I, and just statistically he's improved. you know 11 PR last year 16 this year um and so I I think he's right on track it's just that some of these other and he was my number 10 last year when you know he wasn't even like he was at times a third point guard when we were doing this last year I just saw the flashes from him and obviously he came through more last year but uh I think it's more just a, a fact that he's been passed than that I'm disappointed in his development i think he actually is is on track to being what we're, we're hoping you know it hasn't been he hasn't blown expectations out of the water but you know i don't think he's been a disappointment by any
1: yeah, the big thing, I'm a little bit concerned that he's only at 25% right now on pull-up threes, because that's the real thing that he could open up, and he was only 28% last year, but he has the mechanics in play that I think he can get better there, and that's really where his, where his ceiling kind of lies with me, is if he can be the next, just as a pull-up guy, not everything else, the next kind right. of Damian Lillard type guy, then that is something you can't defend.
0: Right. No, I, I I agree with you. That is really uh, the key for him. And, and then Gordon, you know, don't need to say much more about him other than what we already have. This forty percent three point shooting. He was basically a thirty percent three point shooter coming in. Long twos. He's still pretty low, like thirty six percent this year. So I'm not sure how real that is. But uh you know, he's shown more aggression in all aspects of offense. Still has the ability, especially if he's not playing next to Nikola Vucevic, to be a very good option defensively, guarding one through four, hitting open shots, like getting out in transition dunking on people so like of all the players who are in this honorable mention to me uh he's pro- maybe the most likely to drop out just if he stops hitting shots again you know and he wasn't in this stratosphere last year and so much of the fact that he's here is the way he's hit shots for well two it, months.
1: and and the other thing is he has this intrigue intrigue defensively because of his athletic potential but we haven't seen that as much on a game-to-game basis you know the idea of oh he could defend wings and all that kind of stuff and that was a part of his ceiling value and it hasn't been it hasn't really manifested this year
0: um you had jabari higher than i do the defense and just you know two torn acls in the same knee i mean that just that just scared me too much i mean i realized he, yeah. he was he was number six for me last year or, or i actually think number seven for me last year and it's probably time to talk about why andrew wiggins who was i think we both had you know you, i might have had him six and you had him seven and i think last year and now he's not even honorable mention he's in my players to watch why is he dropped out at this point to you
1: because some of the questions that we had have been answered in the negative he is not as impactful defensively as his physical potential would would indicate he has not been able to generate reliable makeable shots you know like he can he can and he's too comfortable taking bad shots so you have all these things like he he doesn't this is very harrison barnes and and, and he's also
0: he doesn't necessarily make good shots that right either right
1: yeah i mean he, he has like those two or three like really nice dunks or layups that make you think oh my god like look at look at what he can do but he just doesn't he doesn't impact his physical gifts on the game nearly as consistently as he should like compare that to somebody like donovan mitchell donovan mitchell is another really high-end athlete yeah. you see it on like 75 percent of the possessions he plays yeah, he you plays see it zero on force. like zero you, force you see it on like 30 of wiggins possessions and if that 30 percent moves to 65 70 he's on this list but we're getting into the time now this is his fourth season like and he's playing under a hard driving coach he's played under a lot of different he played under. understand Mitchell he played under the Flip Saunders I mean he's played we've seen it in a variety of circumstances now and he's now on a playoff team like he's on a team with Jimmy Butler he doesn't have the the same
0: he hasn't been able to contribute really that much like he's not hitting his shots he still takes bad shots you know I mean he's just we talked about him on the 15 and 60 that he's just like you know he's a guy out there right now at this point and like think about how
1: much easier his job is now like he doesn't have to guard the other team's best best perimeter player he doesn't have to be the Lynch pin offensively and he's still taking bad shots and he's still not defending well
0: well and also i think so much of the reason why we had him ranked that high was number one just what other people thought and number two the idea that like okay you know this guy's creating a lot of shots here he'd taken a little bit of a step forward in efficiency last year and that we felt like hey this guy is uh you know there's some untapped potential here the older he gets i mean it's really difficult to see what improvement he's made over the last year quite frankly he's a little bit better on defense and just you know and and also just keep in mind that so many people uh, to me now that have passed him
1: um so i want to bring up somebody because if he had played regular minutes so far this year i think people would be getting shocked that i would have jonathan isaac he might have he might have even made my top 10 if he had been able to play but he hasn't so he's in players to watch because he is maybe the the kind of the silver bullet for some of these things that you want because he's a versatile defensive player who i think can switch and can also protect the rim and then offensively he's low usage but could be reasonably high efficiency and that's not you know a superstar type player but we talked about how like i talked about how like jason tatum could be this elite support player jason jonathan isaac could be that elite player support player but kind of more defense than offense and if he can do that while playing some at the five it's it's an amazing type of player yeah i mean
0: i think isaac has all-star potential but it's just the is his shot really going to go in at more than like you know 34 percent from three and then also you know can he be aggressive enough create enough shots offensively to really get into all-star capability i think that the chances of that are lower though i as you mentioned i am higher on on him um so uh another guy who's probably a controversial omission from at least honorable mention would be brandon ingram why is he not up there for you
1: because he can't shoot <laughs> Yeah. And he's not uh, he's he's a better defender now than he was, but you're not sitting there going, Oh well he's gonna be, you know, like a, a plus defender. It's possible, but I'm not sitting there thinking it's it's a certainty. And so the pathway for a guy who is not good enough with the ball in his hands to run an offense, but and is not a reliable shooter and is not like a go to defender, like that's a very narrow lane to be uh to be a, a clear cut positive player. He can thread that needle, and I've loved what he's done on drives, he's gotten better this year, but also remember how awful he was last year like he was yeah. he was just uh, he wasn't a good nba player last year and he's better better doesn't mean good and and he can yeah. get there he and he's has super too young
0: far to go he is too far yeah. to go i know he's young you know so that factors in as well yeah I mean he's this. 20 it, yeah and you know he has a projectable shooting stroke that can look okay at times you know i suspect that in time he will become a capable three-point shooter uh, but you know it's just he's got too far to go to really be in the list with some of these other guys who have just have proven much more than him at at this point you know not saying he can't get there but it's just there's too far to go for him right now and then the other guy of course who well actually why don't you tell me why Fox was in this category for you I mean he is dead last in RPM but you know Smith is really not much better uh, but you know the statistics have not really been there you know obviously not a King's team that plays to his strengths in the slightest but to me he was just in players to watch and more in players to watch based on the fact that he's the number five pick and he's athletic than anything in particular he's done so far this season.
1: I'm still a believer in his defensive potential. I think that he can be a, a good passer and I think he can create separation. I mean, the jump shot is definitely a concern, but if we're gonna, I think about the idea of like uh, an, all, an all-around point guard, I think he can do it. And in his jump shot, I don't think it's broken. I just think it's not good. like You know, it's it's it's. I don't yeah. think of him as like an MKG type. Hit, he'll
0: hit long twos eventually, threes. I'm yeah. not sure, but long twos he looks comfortable.
1: Right. And so if he can put that together, like I, I love the connective tissue on him. Like he, he, I think he makes good decisions. I think he has a good head on his shoulders. He's uh, works really, really hard. And you see that. And yeah, I'm sure a lot of the like RPM type stuff is going to hate him because the starters on the Kings are manifestly terrible and their backups are similarly terrible, but are, but when they're playing backups, it's a lot different than starters. So that's not a surprise for me. And like the box score prior stuff, I would guess. I don't, I haven't talked to somebody who knows this part of the black box, but I wouldn't be surprised if that stuff didn't like him. So, and he will, I think just because he's, I think a better man to man defender, we'll see if he can get the steal. I don't remember how he was on steals and blocks in college, but pretty good th- on
0: steals. as I recall. So,
1: so like I, I can see it more clearly with him than with Lonzo, which I think is actually the comparison here is because with yeah. Lonzo, well, he's the, the, the jump-
0: next guy we got to talk about. So yeah, yeah. The jump, the jump,
1: the right jump right shot, the jump shot for Lonzo is more, is more mandatory because with De'Aaron Fox, We've already seen like kind of how the rest of it can fit together, but with Lonzo, if you can go under all that stuff and he's not going to kill you, then it makes everything else harder.
0: Yeah, and Lonzo, I put him in players to watch again, kind of more based on you know he was the number two overall pick. You know, I think a lot of what we've seen from his shooting makes me very low on on the possibility of him being an all star. And you know, if you're if you don't have all star potential with the way this list is right now, you know you're. Not Not getting into the honorable mention type of category and just the shooting is such an issue the inability to create separation off the dribble is is such an issue and um another guy we should really discuss is kyle kuzma most important to note that he's 22 already um and has also been had issues defensively this year i thought he's had some moments i thought he did an okay job on porzingis one-on-one but you know as a help defender he's been atrocious not really a a heady defender at this point um but i want to just think seriously before we think of where he would fall in he was a player to watch for me i thought about putting him higher but then i'm like all right you know he's 22 and i'm not sure how much better he's necessarily gonna get but uh you know like what is what is he like what is he gonna be three years from now Kyle Kuzma?
1: so i like the 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 effort you know we talked about kind of with the difference he's not nearly the caliber of athlete that andrew wiggins is but he uses what he has a lot and that's not only as a, as a shooter but as an offensive player i think he he gets to the basket gets into stuff a little bit more offensively which is fun, like as an offensive rebounder, finisher at the rim, all that kind of stuff, and that bodes well. And and ideally, he can turn a little bit of that to being a better defender. And I think he plays, you know, he plays yeah. in in a way that I I could see him getting to be at least passable. Yeah, KP but wrote
0: on this today that he has like get like no blocks and steals, which is not, of course, a great. It's
1: indicator. not a great indicator. I yeah, and so so the other concern is that he can be. I think he can be decent with the ball in his hands, but I think he's always going to be he's going to be somebody who amplifies an offense, but. But doesn't but doesn't create much he's more of a play finisher than a play starter and there's a value to that but it's not the same type of value and so that means you know he's more he needs to have the right pieces around him but the nice thing about that is he plays the right position because at the four you don't need a guy to be a great defender you don't need a guy to be a primary ball handler if he can convert those opportunities at a high clip and do everything else enough you can be a very valuable player
0: his skill level offensively has really been so impressive both with oh the three yeah pointer you know shooting 30 30- seven percent on pretty difficult attempts i mean he's coming off screens and shooting his floater game is just outstanding uh his post-up game you know he's especially against smaller guys he's really been able to make some hay down there so i i'm i think he'd be very solid offensively you know is he gonna be a starter with the defensive limitations you know i, I mean he's really you know maybe he i mean he's averaging 17 a game and, and he's been you know above league average in terms of efficiency you know so but really i mean to get he's got to get be a guy to get get into this stratum that we are talking about you know he's got to be a guy averaging like over 20 points a game on this type of efficiency he's not going to provide a, a ton else at this one. i think maybe you can get better well, i mean
1: think about guy. think about jabari parker like right. they're not the same type of offensive player yeah. but it's i mean jabari was phenomenal offensively last year he didn't make our list and jabari is yeah. younger well but the,
0: i mean that's that's health related to be Oh, actually he's younger. a little
1: bit older yeah they're yeah, the same but, they're but born they're, the same year yeah, yeah
0: they are somewhat similar players i mean i, I think they're used very differently Uh, certainly (laughs) and and by very different coaches but yeah i think that like jabari is an interesting comparison for kuzma Though i think jabari is still on another plane athletically but they have some of the same defensive limitations as well um somebody else
1: i want i want to i want to mention is miles turner so miles turner i i've been high on him for a long time and the biggest reason why he is in players to watch and not honorable mention of the top 10 is he is not as impactful a possession by possession defender as i hoped he would be he still has that ceiling of being a floor spacing big who can block shots but there's a difference between blocking shots and altering shots and being a defensive anchor he's also not a great defensive rebounder and so that player the player that it looks like he's going to be is exciting and fun and a good player but it's probably not an all-star unless it's somebody who gets overrated because of the flashiness
0: yeah it's funny you had turner number nine last year i had him much lower And, and my basis for that was just even if he becomes fully formed you know again he's not really maybe he's an all-star in a bad year but he's not you know a foundational type of offensive player um and that was hoping that he would develop and i think his development defensively has been a disappointment you of course like when i asked the question of okay who did we miss on like who's most likely to move up he was like oh you you, miles turner because you i had him in and you didn't but uh you know i I think that one is looking like one in my column at least but there's there there are plenty of others that, that we've been wrong on but that he's a guy who. Just you know, we were talking about him on the tour NBA show yesterday of just like how much you're going to want to give him, and you know, I think a max contract would be way too much for him, you know, and, and mm-hmm. so I think that that's been a disappointment. And then uh, even offensively too, you know, his finishing around the rim is an issue. His power moves in the post really aren't there. You know, he's kind of just a stationary, standstill jump shooter on offense.
1: Yeah, and he he could benefit a little bit from the center position moving towards him of just having less of those burly guys, just because he can he can take advantage in different. Well, I mean, but the quickness stuff can he can use. He's just not great. With the ball in his hands so uh, let's let's kind of i think the for the rest of this we're only left with the players to watch i think we should kind of go kind of position slash role by that and so for me let's start with the point guards we talked a little bit about lonzo so then the other guys that i had on this list are d'angelo russell his former teammate who might be getting short shrift from us because when he played this year he's been an intriguing overall offensive player my issue with him is creating separation and the fact that he still sucks defensively but he can be
0: health oh is there too. issues have, have, have bothered him and yeah, the lack of athleticism not a great finisher still not even really that efficient either horrible defensively they were better well during the time that he was out there and he wasn't out there for that long either so i, I mean i th- he wasn't in serious consideration for honorable mention for me um so and, yeah, and I mean, then but, yeah but and then deserves the other a mention he's only 21 yeah, still
1: absolutely high ceiling and then the other guy is frank nokina frank is better as a kind of his point guard skills are better than i thought they would be in his defense ceiling is sky high he is a different type of player i i the part of the reason why he's in players to watch also is that it's hard to see somebody like him becoming an all-star it's not impossible but that's a much harder play that's incidentally like somebody like d'angelo russell who is a much better offensive player and playing an offensive position
0: yeah you know for me frank just is, i think he's always going to be too limited offensively to really get into the discussion of being an, an upper echelon type of one guard though i do think he, he's good you know he was he was the one i wanted to talk about just because i think he's interesting and he's had some moments this year but he's just and he's very young but i just i don't see it from him off the dribble getting to the rim you know any kind of pull-up mid-range game you know it's just he's i think he's gonna be mostly like a spot-up guy on offense maybe shoot threes and then you know be a solid defensive player and passer um other guys who are in in the uh this list for me turning to shooting guards i didn't really i didn't have any other point guards in my players to watch fox and ball were were both in there for me um were there any other point guards you had in your, in your uh your players to watch nope uh so at shooting guard zach levine is still there i mean he's a guy who averaged 20 points a game on pretty efficient scoring last year it got traded but you know he, he's 22 turns 23 in march we'll see how he looks like coming back from the acl but he'll have all he can eat I- in chicago and then uh also gary harris who uh, is 23 right now looks very good in the rpm statistics uh, this year not a guy who i'm a believer in in terms of the upside again but you know, a solid starter maybe Deserve, deserves a mention here at least but probably not much more than that um really again you see not many threes you know we talked about isaac ingram Ananobi, and and even those guys are kind of you know on the borderline between threes and fours um
1: i had one yeah, more stanley yeah. johnson
0: oh wow like, really well he he completely dropped out he's just he, he got like a dnp the other day he can't hit a shot
1: yeah i just i, I he's in my players to watch just because I, I see the ceiling with him and it's just like you know again it's the idea of, of yeah. a t- defensive you're, like you're a defensive on
0: this players to watch i mean to, to, that's to me, true to, this is this is how i see it like if you're if you don't have all-star potential you're not making players to watch unless you're already contributing at like a solid starter level and that's why i put harris in there but you know okay. johnson is not contributing there and i don't think he has all-star potential that's why i, I didn't talk about him uh among bigs larry markinen um the way he's shot the ball moved his feet defensively you know he has struggled some with injuries this year he's kind of dropped off a little bit since uh, some nice games early we'll, we'll see what he he's able to do and then john collins just has been a monster uh in the box score you know whether he can be a center or a power forward defensively and, and any good in either of those positions remains to be seen but a guy who i do think you know could really blow up as an offensive player potentially mm-hmm. and, I, well, the and last, that was it for the for last guy
1: i want to show. mention here is more in the gary harris camp which is distinctly not sexy and they used to be teammates but yusuf nurkic is still 23 like, like Nurkic he he can be I think he can be an above average like an above average center the injury stuff is a concern but I I, if you think back to what he did in that time both his rookie year which has been underappreciated and then also that spurt with the Blazers where he was a huge part of that run they went on and then got hurt unfortunately before the playoff series I think he warrants a mention and uh, players to watch though he will graduate from the list it's just kind of as a as a placeholder of like oh yeah he's younger than you might think
0: yeah I I guess so you know again not a guy who's he's not been efficient this year you know I think the defense has been solid just because he takes up space in there but I think the way that he played last year when he came to the Blazers seems like more of the outlier in his recent career and you know again not a guy who I perceive as having a, a ton of upside due to some of some of his limitations um interesting to mention here the players who dropped out from players to watch who were still eligible Nerlens Noel uh adios getting DMPs in Dallas uh and now you know had that thumb surgery, uh which, you know, Tim McMahon said on a podcast the other day, you know, he probably could have just waited to have it after season if he were actually playing. uh Jalil Okafor, same thing. uh Don't be a center in Philly, I guess, unless you're Joel Embiid. Uh, and then uh, Emmanuel Mudiay is another one who, although he's played a little better this year, shot the ball a little better, just, you know, he's not not anywhere in the type of conversation with some of these guys. Does not appear on track to being a starting career.
1: Yeah, I would say that's
0: fair. A few others that I wanted to just touch on a, a little here. Uh, um you know, we hit on some of them already Chris Dunn notably is not eligible already in his second year <laughs> uh because you know he was old uh when he was drafted uh Thon Maker would have certainly might have even been in you know certainly would have been players to watch maybe even closer to honorable mention if we had done this after the playoffs but he is really disappointed so far this season Juan Hernan Gomez and other guys but he was bothered by Mono and he's now been passed in the rotation by Trey Lyles a guy who when we redrafted the 2016 draft we were extremely high end but you know, it really has not moved moved up much um and then uh you know just as guys who are kind of like wow we're really not talking about these dudes that's not good you know Dragon Bender and Marquise Chris top 10 picks last year we're not even thinking about them at all
1: yeah that's a concern and then there there's a, this collection as you know guys that you could call them curios that I just think they could be on one or both of these lists in future years Scal I mean the possibility of him being a kind of a four spacing five who yeah we're, we're talking about and- the D-League now right and and yaka purtl yaka Pertle, I, I just i just think he can be a player i i, I don't think he'll be an all-star but in that yeah. in that conversation of like a solid center he's only 22 so i wanted to mention him as a, as kind of a part of this
0: yeah i mean in between he and og toronto has some guys who can kind of be underrated but you know athletic switchable defensive players who you know can just play a role on offense that i think could be solid starters for some time to come here. Uh, and Julius Randle, a, a guy who is in Players to Watch, has kind of dropped out this year again just because I think the competition is so much better this year. But, I mean, he's having himself a nice season. You know, whether he becomes a starter somewhere or not, I'm not sure. But at least someone that I think deserves to be touched on. Is anyone else that you think is worth even, like, some discussion here among these prospects?
1: No, I think that's pretty good. I think, I think we've gone through it. I mean, there are, of course, guys that we could discuss more. But I think that we, yeah. we kind of went, went through the rationale pretty well
0: so uh, one thing i wanted to get into here is some of these guys who are you know, just tracking their history of the ones who are in the top 10 you know we talked about what some of these guys were last year guys who have been in for longer than that you know carl towns was number two to me his rookie year you know so he's been in tier two basically you know this whole time between two and four uh wiggins was five uh, he was unranked his rookie year for me he was five his second year six for me his third year and now basically back to unranked you know players to watch again so that was that's interesting and and jabari he for me he was three six seven and now again you know just in in players to watch more because of the injuries so that's interesting and then Giannis uh was five eight three and now one uh for me in the four years that we've done so i I guess the the last thing we want to do here is just kind of say you know try to do a little self-criticism here Um, last year I was saying that you know the guys that we might regret leaving out you know Jokic uh, Jalen Brown was one to me and he you know has exceeded expectations since then Booker was the other one that I said maybe he and Russell were the two and Booker you know still is right there for me but hasn't just like so blown up that I'm like oh man like I had to put him in the top 10 like I'm such a moron for leaving him out last year um, and and then Ingram was another one of those guys who was kind of in there too we felt like hey this guy has the potential to maybe make us look bad but none of those guys have quite i think all those guys have kind of been right on track with what i at least thought they're going to be bron maybe with his shooting as uh has exceeded expectations slightly yeah
1: and i think one of the things that's different about now is i think there's a pretty firm line of division between the top six and everyone else and so yeah it would be a genuine shock for me if anyone maybe other than fultz or smith just and that's why i have them seven and actually seven and nine because of fultz's injury stuff because those guys are all already really good, and it you know, and, and also because you know guys like Jason Tatum, you know, he, to me it's a high end support player type guy. The, the you can't get into that top six, e- even if you were the best guy at that in the entire league, you wouldn't get into that top six because those guys can all be more important. And so within this group, I could see it going a lot of different directions, but I I see that at this moment as being a firm wall. And even like just with the injuries and all that, like with Fulton Smith, I think it would be. Un- Unlikely that if we we're not going to do this i don't think in june or something like that that those guys would jump in
0: rank for me your four highest upside guys of anyone that we've talked about here so Just straight Pierce, up upside like absolute you know 90th percentile 100th percentile like what do they become
1: Giannis. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, I'll go Giannis one, Embiid two, Fultz three, maybe S- Fultz and Simmons, I think, are right there. It's between those two because yeah. they each have a flaw. They each have a f- kind of a, f- a flaw that it's like, oh, if they fix that, they'd be unbelievable. So probably Simmons, Fultz, but that that's probably where, where I'll, I'll just stop it there. I think that's fair.
0: Yeah. So I agree. Giannis, number one. Fultz actually would probably be number two for me. Um, You know, I mean, he could maybe be like a James Harden type of player someday, potentially. Uh, Smith would actually be number three three just uh, Embiid just due to his position and, and also the fact that he gets like a little slow i mean when you talk about upside
1: i uh, see 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 here's the difference so i think mb could win an mvp and i think it's gonna be very hard for dennis smith to win an mvp maybe
0: yeah I, I don't think Embiid will win an mvp because he i don't think he's gonna score quite enough and just also defensively maybe maybe even could win an mvp but as far as like in the playoffs i think he could just be like too slow too exploitable on the perimeter by like some of the absolute best teams these crazy offensive juggernauts that we have in the league and then Simmons you know I, I just don't think the shot can get better when you say upside that's to me is just like well it just it can't happen almost like I, I'm almost at that point with with his shot um and then Jalen Brown has to be in that category too um and even Jamal Murray has to be in that category too just with the potential that he could be this dominant player shooting threes uh, off the dribble you know, how, that's that could just be an amazing type player but you know, how, it,
1: how crazy is it that neither of us mentioned Carl Anthony Towns
0: yeah just because I think the like you know i guess there still is the hope that he gets there defensively but i just i I just think that bigs i mean you just look at like who the best players in the league have been over the last 10 years like they're almost none of the top five players every year are big so
1: well and think about the the, how how long it's been since a top five player who was a big who wasn't great defensively yeah like it's it's a totally it's a totally different ball game like the the pathway for for towns to be a an mvp candidate is i because think about I, i mean anthony davis the year that he was kind of a fringe MVP candidate, he was much much better defensively than sure. than Towns probably will ever be. I agree. And and so that's you know if you you can't even use that as the benchmark, and so it, it's it's hard. I mean, and, and that is not to say you know he can still be first team All NBA, he can still be a fabulous player. But if we're talking like guys who can be the most valuable player in the league, guys who can be the best player on a championship team, you start to get those kind of concerns. And and that's kind of the the what makes the Towns Porzingis thing hard is because Porzingis i guess he's the defense potential is a little bit higher and while the offensive ceiling is lower i could see that you know you could build it i think you could more easily build a team around porzingis that wins a title than Towns.
0: so here are the guys i think that we are most going to be kicking ourselves that we ranked him too higher at least i am um tatum fultz obviously you know he could just easily just, like the shot just never gets better and he's just out of here um you know smith is not he's shown obviously the amazing flashes this year but you know the shot his inefficiency shot selection defense and, and then potential for injury you know he, he's very risky um tatum as well i mean you know all of the rookie guys to me the, that seven through ten mitchell too are just like my instincts are just continue to be that he just can't be this good and you know he's he certainly has been proving me wrong so far but there's definitely a voice in the back of my head that's like all right you know calm down a little bit on this guy um and murray too is another one where like for him to be honorable mention over some of these other guys same thing with gordon i mean uh, all of these guys really i'm kind of like Booker maybe is the only one that I think is like he's probably the most guaranteed of all the guys in that tier for me which also includes like Brown, Gordon um, to actually like continue the performance that he's had you know he has the biggest track record he's been efficient he, you know he, they're going to keep giving him the ball he doesn't really get hurt uh, aside this groin injury uh, recently aside so there is a ton of volatility to me below uh, the Jokic level
1: yeah the one exercise that I do think would be interesting to do whether we release this as a podcast or not would be just to go through if we could do your eight at the end of this year and see if they've split and if they've split how, that, how that's happened.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, we've only got like 200 more episodes in the next year. So I, I don't know if we're gonna <laughs> be able to fit that in.
1: <laughs> yeah, if all, the, if all the second round playoff series or whatever round that is, they all go into sweeps, then maybe we'll have a chance.
0: Yeah, yeah. And what about like from players to watch? Who do you think is most likely to move up there?
1: Kuzma Markkanen is really interesting because those are guys that have a fit with where the league is going now and they're they're players that that their teams can use in a way that we can kind of look stupid I mean if Lonzo ever starts to shoot I mean he does so many other things well but the structural concerns about his shot are absolutely there and then I I mean I talked about it a little bit before but John Isaac I I just think that he he could I, I see the path for him and he has to actually do it and it would be so wonderful for Orlando if he could but it's totally justified for us to not have him higher than we have him right now but we we could be sitting there at the end of the year, being like, "Well, yeah,
0: obviously." Yeah, and Ingram is is always a guy who just because of his physical tools. Eh,
1: I, you, I'm, you I'm becoming a out. lot. I'm becoming a lot more confident. It's funny because I started this a lot higher on him than you, and I think, and oftentimes when I turn on somebody, I turn harder than you do. You do, you do. But with Ingram, the pathway for him to being a great player to me is very, very hard. Being a very good player, easy, easy sale. That's why I had him second. In that draft class, but becoming a great player for him, like the theory of it, it's just it's just too hard. People are like, oh, you could do this stuff. It's like i, I that. I'm becoming a m- much stronger on that part of this.
0: Yeah, it's just you know he he has so many things like the shooting, his age, his strength. I mean, I, I realize I said he has like so long to go, but they're just it, he is he is the guy who I still feel like I have the most trouble just like saying no, he can't do it. Out of some of these guys who just haven't formed yet, because of the fact. That so many people I respect believe that he's pretty good. The fact that he's made some strides defensively. The fact that he has shown some shooting potential. The fact that getting stronger could really transform his game quite a bit. That he could maybe be a, a one through five type of defender. Even though, though, it would be nice if he could actually like you know the, the medical staff work with him so he could like you know bend his knees and get into a stance more than like you know five degrees. But in any event, yeah, that, that, that's just the concern. I mean, and um yeah, all right, I, I think we are done here. Anything else we got to discuss? Before? Before we uh call it a week here
1: no i was trying to think if i have any stuff to promote i mean if you haven't listened to the podcast i did with abristro for real jam radio it was a lot of fun and it's there wasn't too much time we talked a lot about the rockets and of course they've still been doing well so that's fine and i'll have a bunch of other new content i'm in the process of hopefully having something i this is the first time in a long time other than the book that i've had an actual backlog i have probably about five pieces that are either done or close to it that will be coming out hopefully soon
0: yeah and for me i did a podcast uh, called the bench mob podcast with some of my former sbc students uh, and that was really kind of more they asked some personal questions about just my path and stuff so if, if that's something that you are interested more just knowing more about me just to, as a person and, and my path did not really discuss that much like actual basketball but uh feel free to check that out. it's called the bench mob podcast i retweeted it earlier today and uh, we'll talk to y'all next week and hopefully we'll post this list of uh, um, on patreon a, a little bit later we got i gotta clean my notes up a little bit um and you know obviously any feedback we are uh very interested in hearing that via twitter um you know or we can talk about it on the next twitter nba show as well i think we can bring this list up then and uh always an interesting discussion clearly with the tears we had with the great competition this year you know i'm by no means confident that this list is uh gonna be perfect but uh, we did the best we could over uh you know hours and hours and hours of both this podcast and uh, preparing so, uh, hope you enjoyed it and catch y'all next week. Till then. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's you did it. You stumped this charming devil.